Hello, everyone. Welcome to Neon Genesis Evangelio, our episode-to-episode discussion podcast where we're watching the uh, iconic 1995 sci-fi mecha series Neon Genesis Evangelion, if you couldn't figure that out from the title. Um, we're going to try and streamline things a bit, recalibrate after last uh, last time we had the big, long two-hour episode, which I think we should be good now. But uh, yeah, let's uh, jump into it. I'll just start introducing everybody. I'm Jell, and I have my my uh, eternal co-hosts with me. We have Iroh. I'm still here. Iroh is still with us. Uh, and we have G. <laughs> You keep forgetting the uh, the pilgrimage to Mecca branding, and I'm going to keep hounding you until uh, until we make sure. Look, look, as 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 pilgrimage to Mecca's uh, legal advocate, I must insist uh, in the contract here. It stipulates that uh, while you know while this podcast is nominally a member of the Glorio Network, uh, it is also uh, it requires uh, co branding with the uh, pilgrimage to Mecca uh, uh, brand. Maybe what we need Third. is like a ad read in the. We'll make up like a fake ad read in the middle of the uh, uh, episode. <laughs> I don't yeah. think. Funny you should mention robots. Tokyo team. Three. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. So pilgrimage to Mecca presents Neon Genesis. There Evan we Glorio. go. Thank you for joining us for our second episode. Oh boy. So. Uh, we are going to talk about episodes four, five, and six, which I guess if there was one overall defining characteristic, uh, there's a lot of Ray. There's about Ray, and uh, there's some cool stuff that happens uh, in the back end as well. Yeah. But uh, it well, it takes a bit to get out. there, but yes, yeah, some cool stuff happens in these three episodes <laughs> eventually. Yes. So. Let's uh, dive right in, and we'll start with episode four, which is uh, entitled, the the English title is Hedgehog's Dilemma, which is quoting Ritsuko from the previous episode, and the Japanese, Japanese title is Rain After Running Away. And um, I guess kind of interesting thing with this episode, to uh, go to the platinum notes on this one, uh, this episode did not originally exist in the series composition. Uh, they went straight from episode three to five. And I okay, guess, yeah. for, according to the notes, there was a lot of uh, staff saying that, you know, we feel like there should be another episode that kind of establishes Shinji's relationship with the people around him at this point uh, after the events of episode three. And, you know, that's kind of what we do. Mm-hmm. We dive, dive a bit more into Shinji's present state of mind. And uh, yeah. I guess the other interesting fact from the from these notes was that the uh, this is the only episode that uh, Hideaki, yeah. Hideaki Anno did not write or direct. Yeah, and you're, or taking, you're saying all the stuff that I've written in my notes. Oh no! I, well, just, these are all these are all yeah, from. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. just getting from platinum notes. So um, yeah, interesting. Only because interesting because there is no robot fight and not a whole lot of plot to say to speak of this, in this, this particular episode i feel like this episode is like tonally what a lot of people think ava like remember ava as you know even though it's like 
there's a fair amount of robots in the show, yeah, but yeah, I... reputationally, you know, like by the way, some people talk about the show. You think it would? It's only Shinji moping around, uh, and such. Yeah, I was gonna say that's an interesting note. Uh, you know, the idea that this episode originally was not intended to exist because I would not call this episode redundant, but because I think it does do some interesting and important stuff, you know, especially with, like, as you guys said, characterizing Shinji's relationship, not only with uh, the people around him, but kind of even with Tokyo 3 itself. Uh, I feel like up until now, we really had not seen much of the world that Evangelion inhabits beyond, you know, Nerve headquarters and Shinji school. And that said, I, I think the reason why it maybe does have that feeling, though, is, and, and believe me, I'm not even saying this because, oh, there's no robots, but, like, as you said, there's not even that much plot development. It's it's a, it's a, it's, it's an episode with very little forward momentum, and I think that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think it's a, it's a, it's a valid creative choice, but at the same time, like, I think this was the first episode I watched where I was like, oh, here we go. Like, the this is the... <laughs> this is this the is, Ava I've heard so much about. This is the Ava that is the stereotype about this show. You know, like, up and you know, if we were to take up the summation of these six episodes, again, I think, you know, to go back to the thesis I stated in episode one, like, Evangelion is a mecha anime. And I think that anybody trying to claim it's not, at least based on these first six episodes, is full of shit. Like, there's a lot of robots happening... But I think this is the first episode where I can definitely see where and how someone might, you know, see this episode and try to claim, like, oh, like, you know, this is everything. This is this is Ava right. in a nutshell, right? Right. And, yeah, it's – obviously that's not true because it's just a piece of the puzzle, really. But, right. I mean, it is a piece of – it is a piece of the puzzle. Like what we learn about Shinji and in this, uh, and his kind of where he's at in his, at, th at this point in the story, you know, it, it inform it does inform his, his uh, actions yeah. that we see later on. Like we, we understand why he's doing the things that he does better after this. And I, I, mm -hmm. and I think, you know, I agree. I wouldn't necessarily say like I could. I could see how this was maybe not originally deemed a necessary episode because it's pro it, it's not like essential. But I think it does add an extra layer of um, I, depth, for lack of a better word, uh, yeah. to everything yeah. else going on. And um, I and it, it's it's. It's definitely a mood. <laughs> I, I, I really like. I really like. I really like the the directing and everything on it. I think they they very effectively use the tools they have to communicate Shinji's situation. Um, yeah, I, and, I guess. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just gonna. I was just gonna, you know, walk, kind of walk through what actually kind of does happen a bit in the episode, but um, you know, we 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 kick off with, you know, basically Shinji has run away after the last angel battle. Um, so and... much for uh, all that talk about not running away, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah, and so, you know, we kind of have this 
montage of him kind of wandering around Tokyo 3, which kind of, G to your point, this is where we kind of get to know his... We, we kind of see more of the city and the kind of world he, he's in, which doesn't really look all that different than, you know, you know he's, he, he's on the train. He you know, kind of rides the trains by himself for yeah. a long time. I'd like to make a side note here of uh, about his SDAT player. Uh, the songs he's listening to on the player are from a uh, character image album from uh, the e- from the East series of games. Specifically, <laughs> East Two, uh, like one of the characters' image songs from East Two, uh, who was voiced a- by Misato's voice actress. That is a uh, very, are the songs he is listening to. <laughs> very interesting choice. Um, I mean, yeah. I guess in a lot of ways, you know, it, it makes a lot more sense now that uh, in Gridman, <laughs> that uh, Rika is listening to the Inferno <laughs> Cop theme song. Like it, it all comes full circle. Just <laughs> yeah, sure. People in show listening to very weird deep cut tracks from. Yeah, you know, on deep cut choices. Yeah. Yes. We had, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, I do love, you know, we talked about, uh, last episode, the, you know, the, the use of the, the, the power of using silence as kind of, you know, negative space. And, you know, there's not mm-hmm. really any dialogue to speak of in a lot of this episode, which we'll get to <laughs> later, I suppose. Yeah. But like, it kind of lets you really kind of soak in, the, the some like the visual storytelling stuff like uh you know at one point he wanders into like you know movie theater in the middle of the night or something and like i thought it was interesting you see the one shot of him like his eyes are just like completely dead and then they kind of like widen as he's sees some couple making out in the front row or something um uh-huh. makes you think but uh mm, yeah i just i, I guess I, yeah sure <laughs> i i just i just love that kind of uh I just love that kind of like wordless type of storytelling and using kind of the visuals and directing and stuff like that to get the mood across, which there's a lot of that going on here. But, um, he also stopped. But yeah, terraced Hill place during this montage, which is like an actual like volcanic caldera uh, in the region. And it is a notable suicide location from what I've heard. Yeah, that sounds about right. Sounds about right for the mood. Um, some of those yeah. shots were really beautiful, though. When, once he gets out into like the countryside and stuff like that. Um, yeah. It's it just, yeah. I mean, like I, I, I would be hesitant to use the word beautiful for some of the the shots in this episode or whatever, because it's kind of, I don't know, somber. Like, <laughs> somber. Yes, is, that's a good. Word uh, I think that's it. it. I think I think that it, it's still valid to call something aesthetically pleasing regardless of the tone of what's being presented yeah so um so yeah shinji can't wander around forever though and uh we kind of cut into uh some of the conversation with uh misato and ritsuko as they're trying to figure out you know is he going to come back what's going on or whatever it i'm not sure if this was the first time they mentioned that all the kids that are pilots have to be like 14 years old or that like for some for some reason, they... only children can pilot the Avas. Right. Yeah, I do think it's the first time they've... in show. Anyways, they they mentioned yeah. that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, think that was the first time they specifically yeah. mentioned that in this conversation, which is kind right. of creepy Although, as they're 
Yeah. They're like explicitly identifying them as 14 year olds while over a shot of like seeing Ray on a table in her underwear. But uh, that's anime for you, I guess. Um, I mean, I was going to say, <laughs> let's be real. Is a like, there's, you know, you, you can always make the claim, oh, was Ano trying to say something or is anime just for creeps? You know, like <laughs> at yeah. the end of the day, you yes. know, does it really matter? Yeah. But, uh, um, you know, I think, you know, I hey, did... I think it's just that. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, G. I was just saying, I think that, you know, like at its core, it's just like, you know, that this is just another aspect of Evangelion that is in many ways true to the core of what mecha anime is, you know? Like, Gundam didn't, like, come up with, like, a specific, like, in-lore reason for why, you know, Amuro Ray had to pilot the Gundam, I mean, but... Other, don't other people get into the Gundam and just don't pilot it as well? Right, like... I mean, the excuse they have is other people try to get in the Gundam and they fuck up every time, so... Because <laughs> Amuro's the only one who read the instruction booklet <laughs> that, that came with the Gundam, so <laughs> nah. I'm not even joking, that is the in-lore reason for... For uh, Amuro's familiarity with it, <laughs> there is a manual. The, the original Gundam. No other Gundam did this, but the original Gundam. Uh, I mean, Chirako has manual. Okay, fine. <laughs> the original Gundam and the G self from Chirako <laughs> both came with manuals. This manual says that assault can mean to beat up someone. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I think but the core of it is that like. You know, as much as I love to talk about how, oh, I love, you know, real robot mecha anime because blah, 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 because it's like kind of portrayed in more like militaristic, you know, venue. I think that at its core, mecha anime is about extraordinary figures, i.e. the mechs, and they must be piloted by extraordinary individuals. And there's always going to be some reason or another for why, oh, this person has to be the one who pilots the robot. And I think what Eva does is just kind of turn that turn that like that principle into like an explicit in world restriction right although we yeah. have not given any explanation as to why it must be these kids sure it's, they, it, don't, it's, they don't they don't say like, why but or whatever they just right. it's just the way it is yeah yeah right i mean we've but, seen uh, you know, i think we don't need to know at least yet or at least you know uh, i i can right. pretend i don't know the reason at least yet <laughs> you know but like right. You know, because of the way Evangelion frames itself, like, you know, it is quite grounded in a lot of ways. Again, you know, to mention stuff like picking up Unit 1's head with a crane, like, it's such a grounded setting that, like, I'm sure that if they could, they would put trained adults in those robots instead. If they're putting kids in there, it must be because, you know, because of the way the story has framed itself, I, I can find myself already accepting that, oh... If they're putting kids in there, it must be because that is literally the only option they have. Right. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess part of that scene, too, we get a flashback to you know, the, the last conversation Misato and Shinji had that kind of set, set this off, I guess, where right. Misato kind of goes off on him for disobeying just, orders. Yeah, she goes off on him for disobeying because if you if we recall at the end of episode three, when when the, the the cord got cut and he only had five minutes, she said retreat, and Shinji went for the kill instead. Um, and kind of the one of the conclusions she kind of comes to is like, you know, if you if you don't want to pilot the robot and you still pilot the robot, you're going to get yourself killed. Uh, and you know, I guess from Shinji's point of view, yeah. 
you know, it kind of sets up, you know, the question of, well, why is, why is he piloting the robot or why should he pilot the robot or, you know, what is his motivation? Um, and that's kind of the question that he's confronted with at this stage. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, he, he basically um, says like, I do it. I'm doing it. Cause I like, you told me I'm the only person who can, so I'm going to do it, I guess. Right. right. Like it's kind of what he says. Right. I mean, he does have clearly have some kind of sense of obligation because of that. And, you know, I think he, he knows that it's the, the, you know, the right, something he has to do and kind of the right thing to do. I mean, that that's how they're able to like emotionally manipulate him with Ray. Right. Like, yeah, (laughs) you know, but, but, you know, knowing that and, you know, actually being able to get up and do it are, especially in the face of such overwhelming, it's a, it's a very overwhelming task. Right. Like, and, I think that does tie in with them being just 14 year old kids again of, you know, the, the, their, the weight mm-hmm. of the entire world is literally on their shoulders. So um, that's kind of the, the conflict we have going on here. But um, yep. anyway, we cut back to Shinji who is rode the trains as far as they'll take him. And he's kind of out in the middle of nowhere where he happens to stumble upon our friend Kensuke, who's playing soldier hey, out in the field. Dude, just camping. fucking camping in the woods for some reason. <laughs> so you're really into that military shit, man. He's, he's running military exercises. It's not just camping, yeah. right? It's, Apparently. It's, <laughs> and, uh, whatever excuse he wants to give. Yeah. So they yeah. get to so they, uh, get to bond a it's little talking. bit. It's kind of a a rare situation where some it's somebody kind of being nice to Shinji, I suppose. And uh, I found it interesting, you know, from the outside, Kensuke's like basically thinks Shinji's life sounds so cool, right? Like he gets to pilot a giant robot and he lives with this hot babe and all that. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I get G's <laughs> like, yeah, that's right what the me. problem is, right? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, for Shinji, it's obviously not that simple, but yes, uh, of course. So, uh, they, they I do also... have a note here. Go I ahead, have a note here. Uh, Kensuke says he doesn't have a mother. Uh, and when Toji was talking about his family a couple episodes ago, he didn't mention his mother either. He's just like my sister, my dad, my like uncle or whatever work at the lab. A lot of yes. dead moms. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of dead moms, dead parents, children coming in and out. Some something seems to be going on, I suppose. But uh, <laughs> yep. So they're so they're hanging out. Uh, so Shinji hangs out with Kensuke until Nerve finally tracks him down because obviously they're not going to just let him wander around forever. So I mean, they, yeah. If if we've established he's the only one that can pilot, uh, or at least him and Ray are the only ones that can pilot the Evangelion so far, then uh, you know yeah. they can't keep let, letting them run around. So they they bring him in, and they do they do mention uh, somewhere in the conversation as as they're you know shuffling around at Nerve. Uh, I forget exactly when they bring it up, but they said they do mention that they're still looking for the fourth child. 
Um, and we know we have right, and we know. I mean, yeah, we know that Shinji's the third, uh, right, right, and, and we... Ray is the first. Yeah. So, aside from knowing that there's another kid out there, it also just shows they do not have a deep bench. So that's why, you know, it's important that they right try to get Shinji. Yeah, related out. related to that, I'm kind of. I am kind of surprised that ostensibly at the end of the episode, they seemingly let him quit if he wanted to. I mean, they, they let him get on that train. Like you, I guess it's like, I mean, on some level, sure. Got to respect the rights of the individual, but I guess I I assume (laughs) the kind of, the kind of organization nerve seems to be, I am surprised they did not just fucking, you know, slap an explosive collar around his neck and press him into <laughs> service. I just feel like, well, like if you got a bench of two, like, <laughs> well, here's the thing: right. we've seen you have to be able to synchronize with the Evangelion, and that requires a certain amount of, I guess, psychological stability. Um, right. I guess I, I do get that. Like to pilot the Ava, you gotta want it. Right. But, like. So yeah, I, I guess to... I am surprised that you know this kid who has seen Nerve, who has seen this fucking super secret fucking underground sinking city headquarters, they'd be like, "All right, we'll put you on a train. You can go back to your old life." Or maybe it was just like a real galaxy brain move, and they figured let him let him get it out of his system, and he'll uh, <laughs> back or whatever. Because uh, you know, of course, that... I mean, it works. There's <laughs> a there's a good like shot here where after they drag him back. And he's basically, he basically is like, you know, doing his thing of, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll prompt. He, he's basically, yeah, he's saying like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll pilot it. Like, even if you keep telling me that he's, he's basically trying to call their bluff or that, like, you know, if that we don't, oh, if you don't want to pilot it, then don't pilot it. He's basically calling their bluff to get them to ask him to stay and then misato is just like all right then yeah you can leave and there's the shot of him like basically <laughs> freaking out <laughs> like yeah, it's the old it's the old gambit of you know you're a parent and your kid says they want to run away you fucking double down right. and say, dare okay, them to do it right ahead. just like there's the like, door right yeah. yeah, knowing full well they'll be back, uh, you know, within or they won't go. Either they won't right. go, or they'll be back in you know a few minutes or whatever. But uh, right. yeah, and so of course Shinji does not actually. He he gets as far as the train station, but uh, you know he 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 runs into to Kensuke and Toji, Toji, and they're like, oh yeah, we knew you'd be here because we've seen off dozens of classmates <laughs> who've. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and we see uh you know Masato who I mean yeah they they basically say like they basically say like don't worry about it like yeah it's okay that you don't want to get into yeah the it's, it's 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 I... yeah that was a, a surprisingly uh supportive yeah, they, moment they were really because because they did they were in the, the, you know, the cockpit with him in, in the last battle. They, and they say, you know, we saw, we saw what you go through, you know, we're, we're, you know, and they're very supportive about it, which was, which was kind of nice. Um, well, wait, so Kensuke was sitting in the cockpit when he saw Shinji fight that angel, but he still wants to get in the robot or he still uh, <laughs> envies Shinji for being uh, an Ava pilot. 
Hey, that kid's got priorities. I can respect that. Hustle. <laughs> he he really likes his uh, his robots, I guess. But um, he really wants to live with Misato. Yes. Uh, sure, that too. That's a that's definitely a bonus as deal. well. Well, no, actually, as we see, as we see in the next episode, actually, living with Misato is very much not a bonus. Yeah, I don't know if the I don't know if yeah. the uh, the benefit uh, outweighs the cost on that one. But um, <laughs> but speaking of Misato, we do see her as kind of our wrapping up of uh, this kind of arc here. She tears into the station because Shinji didn't get to say good- goodbye to her, basically. Uh, before he got booted out of nerve and mm-hmm. she goes to watch his train go by and the train the train leaves and of course Shinji's standing on the platform and they stand there and they made sure to point this out in the platinum notes they stand there literally for 50 seconds doing absolutely nothing <laughs> staring at each other oh man i fucking <laughs> unbroken shots in evangelion yeah this there's going to was... be a lot oh uh, this was a f- very uh very funny bit for me. I, I, I definitely <laughs> lost it halfway through. Just uh, if it, like it's a great moment, but I, I, if anything, uh, I kind of want to use this as a to tie this into a. a, a and, I was yeah, going to say, ahead, if Joe. anything, just the sheer audacity of it is entertaining. But yes, go ahead. Yeah, and so the thing I was going to say is like, and funnily enough, you know who I was thinking of when I was watching that scene. <laughs> I was thinking of like Trigger and like some of the and and some of the comedy Oh, you bits. thinking of Trigger? <laughs> Whoa, hang on. Well, you know, specifically like the comical bits, you know, like is this the opposite of you know, uh, like the yeah, the, 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 the Trigger comedy. like you guys Please tell me you guys know what I'm fucking talking about. Yeah, right? of course I know what you're talking about. All right, Jesus. I thought I was going to have to literally like, pull up some examples. What? But uh, but yeah, like just like the they the way they hold on a joke. Yeah, yeah, like except yeah, right. The, the, I guess the reason I found it so funny is because like Trigger basically uses the same trick, but they use it for comedy rather than like a, a drama. And I guess that had me thinking of like you know how we always talk about how like Trigger are kind of low key the masters of timing, like specifically. Uh, when I when I when I talk in animation, you know, I mean, yes, they're great animators, and you know, blah blah blah. But like, what I specifically think they're really good at is is timing, like not just comedy timing, but like action timing and and and, and dramatic timing. And watching Evangelion kind of has me realizing, like, oh, maybe the Gynax legacy, like, like maybe that intangible Gynax le- legacy in some part is actually also like that studio and the people who worked there, they're kind of like extremely like on point, like sense of narrative timing, you know, cause there's a version of the scene that holds for like 10 seconds and you're like, wow, that, you know, you're like, Oh, okay. I get what that was meant to do. Then there's a version of that scene that holds for like 20 to 30 seconds. And you're like, that's too long. <laughs> And then there's a version we get that's like 50 seconds and it's too long, but then it loops back into being like thematically appropriate and sensible again. Like it's, it's such a, it's such an intangible quality, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like how do you know how long to hold so that people, so that it's, it's long enough that people understand, Oh, this is going on too long, but also goes so Uh, you need to make, you need to make the watcher, not just understand that's awkward, but to feel the awkwardness themselves. Exactly, exactly. 
Like, it's... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. Like, the difference between knowing it's awkward and then feeling it's awkward. And I think that is the difference between, like, holding on that scene for, like, 20, 30 seconds and then holding on that scene for nearly yeah. a minute. Yeah. And uh, I just kind of I found that very interesting. They'll do it again later. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just found that interesting though that you know yeah. Anno would use would you know kind of use that trick for 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 drama and to evoke you know a sense of feeling in the scene and fucking you know Trigger being you know the fucking anime guy next shit posters they are would go on to. Of anything they seem to have inherited from Anno, it would be using that timing, but for stupid jokes. <laughs> oh, someone got stabbed. Now blood's going to spray for 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, it definitely uh, feels... A, Go ahead, Ira. I'm sorry. There's a line Misato says earlier as well, uh, where she she says about Shinji that he can't let let people know how he feels in any other way than this right which uh, i thought was a good line so about this whole thing yeah it's a good summation of his character for better or worse <laughs> right and that was the that was the goal of this episode so uh you know mission accomplished but yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean you know like i said like i may not really like shinji that much as a character but i very much understand like what they are going with with his character and you know that i can respect you know, even if it's maybe not exactly to my preference. Right. Okay. So with Shinji back in the fold, we move on to episode five, which is Ray one uh, part as in the number one, the Japanese title being Ray beyond the heart. And we kick things off uh, with a flashback mm-hmm. to yeah. Ray testing unit zero, the other Evangelion that we've seen. And right. like a couple episodes ago, we saw the aftermath of this. Like we saw the busted room yes. and unit zero, like standing in there. Yes. So it's fist in the wall. You know, like. So this, this goes back to 22 days earlier when the event actually happened. And uh, clearly this test did not go well. <laughs> uh, Ray is unable to sync with the, with unit zero. The thing starts going berserk. They have to pull all kinds of emergency plugs out of the wall. And, uh, you know, we got some great shots of uh, the Unit Zero punching the seemingly unbreakable glass while Gendo stands there without flinching. Something, some, um, right, something I always kind of weirdly enjoyed about the show, watching it like in the past was... Yeah, Gendo's like a dick, but he's unflappable. Like, yeah. I'm just gonna stand there from this window as this thing punches it, shatters the glass. Like, yeah, I'm still I, gonna stand here. I, okay, that's cool if you don't like flinch or something, but I would think you would at least like take a step backwards, kind of back up a little bit, something. Yes, uh, and I, I, I fucking, I respect, I respect that hustle, man. You know, it's like when fucking. Piccolo throws a fireball, but Raditz just stands there and no sells. Yeah, <laughs> no. Shit. Oh, good. Hero, you finally understand the appeal of professional wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah, I, uh, the thing I actually, you know, you talk about the great shots like, you know, Unit Zero punching the wall. And this is where I get to talk about my brand of bullshit of the dumb plug. details I loved about this is like when they unplug the, 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 the umbilical, whatever it's called, right? Yeah. 
and like it falls to the ground and then you see these little fucking jets like shoot a little bit right before it hits the ground yeah to like kind of cushion the fall so that it doesn't like get too damaged and like oh like chef's kiss that's the kind of mechanical detail i love you know that like some fucking fucking god tier like fucking artist designer was like or was probably maybe 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 an artist maybe an animator was like oh shit you know what actually be really fucking cool like (laughs) just like this extremely minute mechanical detail that like nobody else cares about right like you could have done that scene the exact same way just fucking cable falls to the ground smash makes a big noise but now this person was like nah they're smarter than that they wouldn't do it like that like they'd have they'd have a fucking contingency on this thing build rocket boosters onto this fucking electric cord you know and it's like but but again as goopy as that is i kind of love that because it kind of builds to this idea of just like how again i don't know if grounded is, is the right word but like believable like evangelion is in its mechanics like yes it's a giant yeah. purple green robot wearing fucking <laughs> sneakers but like you know yeah. it, it's well, like but also, yeah. like, all the, like, really, like, lovely mechanical shit, like, you know, the elevators that come out of every mountain or, like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the rifles hidden in, you know, weapon racks disguised as buildings. You know, it just builds to this. Uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty cool. But yeah. um, Too bad we didn't put those jets on the entry plug. Yeah, well. It, yeah, well. <laughs> so. <laughs> endo may not I mean, be, we, uh, we have ejection jets, but not. Yeah, Kendo may not be phased by giant robots punching him in the face, but uh, this is the first time we do get some emotion out of him uh, when the yeah the entry plug is of the unit zero is forcibly ejected, ejected and bounces around the enclosed room. Pretty gnarly. Pretty yeah. Oh, yeah. I I kind of love and I I love this because again that's like a little thing that's like, like you don't even have you don't have to see Ray getting exactly knocked around right. Because you know, <laughs> you, you. I mean, you just see this fucking plug just like literally ping ponging off of walls in this. Like, like you, you, you just know that this ejection like system was never built to be used indoors. Like, this was supposed to be like, right, you know, yeah. like right. eject the pilot like miles away from the battle, not fucking you know <laughs> into the wall, <laughs> into the wall. So uh, you know, some real fucking uh, Top Gun shit. Yeah. So. uh this is kind of the first time we see Gendo lose his cool because Ray's in danger. And once the plug, yeah, once the plug hits the ground, no, doesn't give a fuck about his actual child. Yes, yeah, that's exactly the point yeah, that, that they're I mean, going to hammer home here in the next uh, two episodes. <laughs> but yeah, the, I mean, it's a little, it's a little on the nose, but I do think it's an effective like narrative choice to like constantly contrast between, you know, uh, Gendo's treatment of Ray versus Shinji. Right. Yeah. And uh, as we as we see, we kind of see the reason why he has the gloves. Right. He 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 runs out yeah. and forcibly rips the uh, manually opens the door to the entry plug with his bare hands, even though it's burning his fingers to uh, to get Ray out of the plug. We also uh, I never realized this until watching this episode, uh, re- you know, like a couple of days ago. But like, his he's got his regular glasses here. That you know he loses and they melt and everything and Ray takes them, and so right. he's now he's got his sunglasses all the time. So both yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. ones, you know. So both the gloves and the sunglasses come I, from this. Yeah, I never yes. realized that detail. This incident. That's a. So it's he, a fun he's, detail. 
he he between the gloves and the glasses, he's now plus two on evil. Uh, his evil stat. <laughs> <All right>. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, we get kind of that interesting uh, tidbit of background information, and then we skip ahead back to our present time, where <laughs> I, I love this part. We, the Misato and Ritsuko are at basically a autopsy for the the last angel that they fought, and right. <laughs> we see like the. The giant silly chalk outline of where the body oh, was. Oh man, I love. Yeah, I love this shit. Right. <laughs> and they've they've set up where uh, they landed and yeah, and they, yeah. they've set up uh, a camp on on like the angel's body as they're as they're, as they're doing the autopsy. Like the the outline thing kind of reminded me of the kind of stupidity, and we'll get we'll we'll get into this comparison in the next episode too. Uh. I thought of in Gunbuster when they had like the gunpla runners for the giant ships. <laughs> yeah, like, kind of directed by Ayano. So yes, directors. Yeah, I can very much appreciate these kind of dumb little details because it kind of like it's you know the angel itself is such an otherworldly you know creature you know but like you know. Uh, to 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 bring up something like Pat Labor again, like there's something very delightful about like. It's treating these inherently extraordinary like phenomena with a kind of supremely dumb amount of mundanity, you know, like like who the fuck is this chalk outline for? Like, yeah, <laughs> like like what, does, like what is it actually doing? Who does it serve? What purpose is that serving at all? Right. So, um, yeah. So yeah, they're still trying to figure out exactly what the angel is we do get kind of the tidbit that uh you know angels have 99.989 percent match to uh human genetics uh yep. which there's sure. no other context for that other than that that is mentioned but uh like monkeys it, you know, yeah blood pattern blue blood pattern explains blue. everything yeah that, it all makes sense now but uh yeah so <laughs> meanwhile while the adults are doing that so we kind of cut back to school <laughs> we haven't been to school for a bit so uh we're at PE class and the boys are ogling the girls at the pool and uh everybody's giving Shinji a hard time about oh you probably like Ray or whatever like as dumb 14 year old boys are wanting as boys you're are both, you're are both pilots so you must yeah. be hanging out yeah and man these boys got the fucking shortest fucking shorts I have <laughs> ever <laughs> 1990s baby no, like, this was two thousand. Those shorts are fifteen, right? You know, two, but uh, <laughs> man, those those shorts are almost bloomers. Like Jesus, yeah. you know, those runs. I, I I feel like this is, might be a good time to mention this bit of an anecdote of the first time I ever heard of Neon Genesis Evangelion. Seeing it was uh, back in um, okay. Oh dear. Oh boy. Uh, oh boy. Can't wait for this. Back in the day, uh, it was probably like nine. I, I want to say it was. It, it, it would have to be nineteen ninety seven. Damn, either nineteen seventy seven or maybe ninety eight. <laughs> but that's like I, I was. I was running. I, I I was drawing anime fan art, and I had a fan art website for anime. Oh hell yeah! Um, and All right. I was. Uh, I was. I was. I was uh, bouncing around the. I was on a web ring, and I was bouncing around. <laughs> If you kids remember what web rings are, I was uh, bouncing around other sites on the web ring, and uh, one of them was like, you know, the hottest girls in anime. Oh hell and, yeah! Uh, you know, I was 
I was, you know, just checking out, wondering what people's opinions were. Oh, sure, of and, course. Uh, <laughs> you were just doing some research. Number, number one. Number number one, this person had uh, Ray Ayanami from Neon Genesis Evangelion, of course and I'm are. like, I've never heard of that show. But uh, I mean, for me personally, Ray never did it for me. But Who that, else do they that, have? I do remember that that was the first. I don't remember the rest for, of the um, ninety seven. That, that would was the, probably be like oh, Tenchi Muyo or something. Yeah, yeah, you'd have like Ryoko or yeah, whatever her name was right. from Tenchi Muyo. Yeah, Ryoko, Tenchi Muyo, something like that. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, I specifically remember though the the image he picked was of Ray getting out of the pool. Ah. Which is why I thought about this because <laughs> the the pool in this episode. Just doing some okay. research. So that, was, huh? that was the first time. Yeah. Well, you know, I wanted to see who else who else was on the web. Oh, of course, uh, of course. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So. Ah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Whatever you yeah, feel of like you must say. I. And of course, I, I would I would go on to. Re- keep seeing the name popping up later of everyone freaking out over and saying this is the greatest anime of all time and whatnot um but i didn't i didn't actually get the opportunity to watch it because obviously in those days you couldn't just like torrent stuff or whatever but uh even if you could it would have taken you like six years to download it head on down to miami mike's anime shop and uh (laughs) grab the vhs yeah Yeah. got it actually i don't even remember how i yeah, I think I did. I watch it. I might have watched it because I think I rented it the first time I saw it. I honestly don't even remember. It's, Man, it's been a while. that's some well, that's some old school shit right there. So, so there you go, folks. There's my old man anime story for the day. <laughs> but hey, but, uh, just just my proof that fucking even as far back as '97, one like one two years after Ava aired, like Ray's character was already a signal of the beginning of the end times. So. <laughs> Oh, I think it. I think it might have been worse back then, to be honest, because the the amount of like, because this was still in the days of everyone thinking that, you know, Evangelion had like all the like all the religious symbolism and all that stuff actually meant something. <laughs> I, oh. I feel like I feel like that's died down a lot now. But you sure. got you had like the the long think and conspiracy theories and right, right. I, I, I guess I, I was right. more I was more commenting on like Ray as a character specifically and oh, Ray specifically, like, yes. The merchandising Number of that waifu. character, right, and what ha- she has become, yes. despite whatever intentions Otto might have had, you know, with that character. Just, uh, you know, the, I, I mean, we'll the, get into the, this when the other equally waifu and merchandise character showed up, but like, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> her, I'll say I get it. That makes sense, right? Like, of course, like, yes. that character is built to like sell like pillows and shit, but like, the, the, mer- I, the merchandising of Ray is an interesting and kind of twisted phenomenon in some you know, ways. She is the weird, strange, and mysterious, uh, you know, character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's but, that's a way um, to put it. Anyway, um, so we kind of get you know a little bit of teasing with Shinji there while right. they're in school, and then we. Kind of bounce over. He's at he's at work now, and they're doing their doing practice synchro tests or whatever, and, right? Yeah, and he's he's zooming in, and it's it's the first time we see Ray show any emotion. Yeah, uh, we don't hear what she's saying, but he kind of zooms in on her talking with Gendo, and she yeah, actually looks like a, happy and animated. They're having a nice, pleasant conversation, <laughs> right? Yes, which, yeah, probably. Uh, you know, like talking like about. A, a, what what is what is a pleasant conversation between Ray and Gendo? What are they? What is it? What does that sound? Oh, I'm like? glad your injuries are better. I don't know. I'm glad you're alive. 
Please get back into the robot. Yeah. My son sure is a putz, isn't it's he? Kind of like a yeah, kind of like a kind of like an indirect slap in the face to Shinji there, right? Like yeah, totally. Is he's uh watching their conversation, but oh, intentional or not, um, I feel like it's a very direct slap to the face. Yeah, I mean, what the, what's the last thing Gendo told him? Like, I called you here because I have need of you. I don't think they've spoken since anyway, that he, conversation at this show. Yeah. Like directly. We kind of get a couple. We kind of, I didn't, I didn't, I haven't brought up all of them. We kind of get a couple bits reinforcing that throughout this episode of just yeah. like, mm-hmm. yep. Gendo sure likes Ray a lot more than his own son. Yep. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, and uh, we, we did get uh, some more comedy bits with Masato. Ritsuko comes over for dinner. Fucking I would just Masato's like to fucking nightmare statement. life. Right. Instead of just buying curry flavor like instant a... ramen, she buys <laughs> oh, like God. pork instant ramen and then ready to eat curry and just combines them. Here's you the know, thing. Oh, it sounds... You just get so yeah. you get so much more curry flavor that way. Okay, so here's the thing: I'm not gonna even suck and fucking like hate on like curry ramen. I think curry ramen is actually fucking fantastic. But <laughs> the way Misato lives her life is deeply concerning. <laughs> like, what kind of fucking <laughs> monster is just like, oh, like, oh, this will go great with my instant ramen, <laughs> and. <laughs> It's like instead I, of buying just, barbecue ugh. flavor potato chips, you buy potato chips and barbecue sauce. Right, like that's oh, yes. God. Yeah. yeah like pour, I, pour the barbecue just sauce mix in the them bag up. and shake yeah. it up, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, like, you get so much more barbecue flavor that way. I think the thing that actually made me completely oh, wow. fucking lose it though is uh <laughs> the scene with Pen Pen looking at uh is uh it's food bowl <laughs> yes. and there's the fucking unopened can of beer sitting next to it and it's just like <laughs> fucking is this a normal thing for Masato? Is this just, just like a, a, a curry and a beer for you? Like they they just literally give Pen Pen a bowl of curry with like no like. And, and then the unopened, yeah, yeah, like, like Masato's only concept. Of you, you didn't even fucking, <laughs> you didn't even fucking open the poor can. Like, right. how's the bird supposed to get at uh, that? I do like this. This is like yeah. the most casual we've seen. Like Ritsuko, though, who up till now has been the like serious scientist lady, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. saying that yes. there's a point zero 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 whatever percent chance, <clears throat> etc. Right. But uh. I mean, she's just she's, but she's just over for dinner, you know, like yeah, totally. I I'll, I'll say this conversation I think for uh, the our, our episode six discussion uh, mainly to do with Misato because of like kind of the contrast between the Misato you see here in episode five and then the Misato who is handling stuff in episode six and I can appreciate like you know this idea that like these all of these characters are very multifaceted, you know, like mm-hmm. it would be very easy to like make this these character traits seem incongruous or even like contradictory to each other. But like, I do kind of like this characterization of Misato as like when she's on the job, like fucking, you know, there's nobody better, but when she's not on the job, she turns into, I mean, this scene is basically the equivalent equivalent of like me when I get home from work and I take off my collared <laughs> shirt and I immediately remove my pants for the rest of the day. You know, like yes, yes, and we'll we will see that contrast in, in episode six for sure. So we can kind of get into that, yeah, you know, once we get there. But uh, uh, one final 
good quote from Masato here. She mentions both Ray and Gendo are uh, not oh, very adept Ritsuko, at living. Ritsuko says it. Oh, Ritsuko says that. Yes, sorry. Uh, as they're kind of talking there, um, which is part of the you know, if, if if these two episodes, five and six, are supposed to introduce us to Ray, that's kind of the big takeaway. We're one of mm-hmm. the big takeaways we're trying to get here. But um, uh, speaking of yeah. Ray, um, they ask Shinji to do a bit of an errand to get Ray her new ID card. So uh, he, of course, has to go over to her apartment, which is like, which is, yeah. <laughs> It's it's like in the it's in like this condemned part of town and somehow more disgusting than Masato's apartment. <laughs> right. All, all, I, like, think, all I could think of when I saw this scene was like, oh, Ray lives in the apartment from the raid, like the movie, the raid. <laughs> yeah, it's like I said a few episodes ago, like how it's obvious that Misato's apartment is the only occupied one in that whole complex. But Ray seems like she's the only person living for like three miles. You know, yeah. Like, it's it's an interesting right. like like it's an interesting narrative choice that these people like live so isolated from each other despite the complete like lack of need to do that. I mean, you know? <laughs> thematically appropriate. Yes, yes, of course. That's why. Yes, that's why I brought it up. But you know, just like it's. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Right. Yeah, Ray is a part of it. Fucking shit. It's. <laughs> I mean, she literally has bloody bandages laying around, like on her bed and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's yeah. It, it's it's disgusting. It's like a I, <laughs> like there's a part of me that's like but, I don't uh, understand how people were able to waifu Ray so hard as they did back then because you get one look at her apartment and like, no dog, no. <laughs> right, like Misato's apartment was like messy as fuck, but it was lived in you know like yeah. a, a human being did this yes. like ray ray's <laughs> apartment is like an abandoned building right like yeah. it's it's not the shit that piles up because people are there it's the shit that piles up because nobody's there ever <laughs> yeah yeah it's and i mean i think you know obviously that's an interesting choice because like regardless of like you know how, how much you might know about ray's character at this point or not right it's like her living situation already begins to speak volumes about her, right? Like, like what kind of life does she lead? Like what, like what priorities or maybe complete lack thereof does she have, you know, in the way she lives her life outside of nerve? If this is like, you know, what she considers acceptable living, you know, like all I could think of, like, you know, we'll get into this next, like when she, you know, gets out of the shower naked, right? Like, all I could think of, like, you know, me being me was like, oh, God, like, if this is what the apartment looks like, just imagine how disgusting that bathroom probably looks. Right. <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't even, she real, doesn't even uh, take her shoes off. Right. Yeah, you, like, you see the footprints, yeah. right, on the, on the fucking floor. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. 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 Well, well, speaking of that, in true, uh, I guess, harem protagonist fashion, Shinji lets himself in the door oh, oh. when, you know, nobody... Uh-huh. Answers uh-huh. at the apartment. And he kind of looks around for a bit, pokes around on her desk, which interestingly enough, I don't know why the platinum notes decided to tell us this, but the books on her desk are about medicine and psychology, apparently. And they're all tabbed okay. up, so she's really into that. So I guess if she's into anything, that's what she's into. Yeah, sure. And uh you know, this is where uh, you know Shinji sees uh his 
I, I'm not sure if he's clear. He doesn't know that it's his dad's glasses, right? Like at this point. I mean, I think he could make an inference because they did tell him about the incident. Like, okay, yeah. I suppose, though, at the same time. He finds the glasses that Ray picked up after, you know, Gendo Gendo rushed in to save Ray and and he dropped his glasses and she kept them. And so she has them on her desk. And, of course, that's when she walks out of the bathroom naked because that's just how anime works. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Right and and, he, and of course in this situation the only logical conclusion is for you know both of them to end up on the floor with Shinji on top of her with his but hand they, on know. her boob gas yes I feel like this <laughs> scene only works if you've seen enough anime to see how this often goes in the harem type comedies right uh, yes like, yes I mean I think obviously the scene is intentionally meant to like make you f- like feel like just how awkward this situation would actually be in real life you know like right and like also like ray has no <laughs> social norms whatsoever right uh, yes, right that's, yes. that is the that is the the real point of course i'm sure is uh showing uh-huh. that you know ray really doesn't care about much other than piloting the evangelion and making gendo and, happy, and gendo yeah yeah so you know Stuff like, uh, you know, having a boy your age see you naked or cleaning your apartment or not leaving bloody bandages around are not important because that has nothing to do with piloting <laughs> the having right. Gendo in or keeping Gendo happy. So I'm sure that's the point and not just for the sake of having naked anime <laughs> girls on the screen. Right. But, and, uh, but, you know, I mean, I don't want to get too deep into this. You know, maybe this is something I would say for after having watched the show and it's full. It's kind of like better understand but like also let's be real that scene is still here and like i think a lot of people chose to take that scene a completely different way let's be honest like you know to kind of get into the uh you know the Mm. merchandising of ray again you know like oh yeah i was being i was being like i was being like 85 percent sarcastic there yeah, there's definitely yeah. the. <laughs> I guess. I guess there's what I mean is, I think obviously, like, yeah, like obviously, we can watch that and we're like, oh yeah, like of course, like that scene's meant to like contrast with like you know conventions, anime, you know conventions of the time, and like you know show like how different of a person she is. But also, I wonder how many people like probably just like fucking, you know, I don't know. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. like so, let me just grab her. Yeah, exactly. Yes, perfect. Thank you, Eero. That was the exact like voice and that's voice right. I needed for that's, this. That's the whole. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole. That's why. That's why girls like Ray are like always popular waifu material because it's the you know emotionless. I don't care. You can do whatever you want to me. Type of you know thing, right? And, right. I mean, it's, uh, you most, know, uh, most certainly that's part of how they they're selling the show. I mean, it's both, really, right? Like it it it, yeah. it is characterizing her, but also, you know, Masato promised fan service. They have to deliver sometimes. Uh, right? They did. They do. I guess if Masato uh, promised, then I guess we, we yeah, just I mean, have. To. You know, Ray does eventually land a slap on him, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, but much yes. later for like entirely different. You know. Yes, because 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 <laughs> her own. Yes, her her own personal, you know, space, her own body, whatever is not important. But you know, as they're as they're heading back into Nerve, you know, she asks the interesting question: Do you trust your father to Shinji? And he's like, "Hell no." It turns out that um, is what gets Ray angry. That that'll set her off. So that's that's how Shinji how, actually does get how slapped. Dare you, badmouth Gendo? 
How dare you, you know, badmouth right before that? <laughs> Awful yeah. human being. And like they intentionally do that right after he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry." Before from before, and she's like, "What? What are you talking about?" Um. So yeah. Uh. So anyway, they head back into Nerve for their next test. It's t- and it's time for Ray to try to reactivate Unit Zero again. And uh, you know, this time with the, uh, you know, this time she's able to do it uh, because I guess. Did, did she, I forget? Did she bring the glasses with her? Did they yes. show that? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I must have missed. She that. has, she has them with yeah. her in the cockpit. And so apparently, that has provided her the, the emotional stability and sense of purpose needed for her to sync up with Unit Zero, <laughs> and uh, she's able to activate it, um, just in time because uh, Episode Five ends with the appearance of the Fifth Angel. Uh, and we kind of end Iron the Man, episode. Yeah. They decide not to sortie uh, Unit Zero because she literally like activated it, and then the alarms went off that the Fifth Angel is here. So they decide to shut that down and send out Unit One. And Which I think the like, unspoken. I think the unspoken thing there is that Gendo sees Shinji as more expendable than Ray. Right. I was about to yeah. say. Yes. That's that's, that's not because yeah. like they're worried about Ray. That's because ah, send in Shinji. He can take a hit. <laughs> right. And they, they right. And he wants to protect Ray. Right. So, uh, so they send out poor Shinji, and he immediately gets blasted. It is exactly what he does. <laughs> uh, the second he the unit one hits above ground, and that's kind of where we end the episode. Uh, for episode five. Right. Yes, with uh, fucking Ava Unit 1's <laughs> fucking chest getting melted the fuck Came out of. By a, a laser beam. Yeah. We should mention the fifth angel. So we're getting weirder and weirder and weirder here, right? Like the yeah. the first the first the first angel we saw that which was like the third angel looked kind of like a kaiju, but weird, like a monster. You know, yeah. weird yeah. it's a bipedal monster thing. Um yes. The one after that, a little bit weirder, looked like a flatworm with... Yeah, but still kind of like, vaguely kaiju-ish. But, uh, right. This mm. is just literally like a... A diamond, right? Like, yeah, diamond, I mean, yeah like... Thing, right? like it's, yeah. It's, I mean, uh, yeah. Worth, no, worth, noting, worth noting, this thing is a reference to uh, a v- basically another big floating diamond monster from some 80s mech show called Future Police Urachiman. You know what? I totally believe that. So, <laughs> man, I don't, know, I don't know how that, that, that uh, escaped the platinum notes there, but that's a good. It's uh, <laughs> a neat deep cut, but uh, yeah, but yeah. I mean, you know, this is kind of what I talked about, like you know, in the first uh, podcast, right? Like, I think like what Ava does really well is like a lot of these trappings are still the same trappings of like old kaiju mecha anime, but like what Ava does well or does really well is like introduce these like very otherworldly enemies you know like you can't you can't even put a face to the most of these angels right like there is there is no enemy to actually hate you know it, it is more a a natural phenomena than an actual opponent at least right. for now anyways yeah and uh before we move yeah, on to the next episode though there's actually one little thing i want to bring up sure. uh, i just want to shout it out real quick and, and I'm not going to go spend too long on it because this is an old-ass take, but yo, fucking Evangelion's UI design is fucking god-tier. Yes. <laughs> wow. Like, holy shit. 
like 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 i'm talking about like all the like fucking like ui displays on the tv screens you know the stuff filling up that that absolute boundary shit you know the like you know in the nerve headquarters when they got like the like weird multi-layered like holographic geographic display of like the terrain or whatever like fucking nerve fucking must have nerves like number one like budget priority must have been the ava units and their number two design team priority must have been the graphic design team or like the ui ux team because uh holy shit those are good ass looking screens man like as 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 someone with a background in graphic design, let me say that is the actually the hottest anime babe in Neon Genesis Evangelion. <laughs> is the UI. Is the, is the Maki computer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. The uh, the the, uh, the hot dog. yeah. Balthazar Belchior. But um. But yeah, I mean, it also because they they use those elements to kind of tell you what's going on and making them so cool to look at. Really, you know. Uh, makes it so it, it keeps it from being kind of just dry and boring looking at like you know a number yeah or something, totally right? i mean i think because I, I think that's a thing right like evangelion even like the startup sequence is a thing every mecha anime has done right where like the commander guy says all right launch the robot and then you have like the bridge bunnies and the tech crew be like all right blah 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 like turning on the reactor and etc cetera, etc cetera, right but like what eva does is like take even the very minor aspects of that like just like you know the techno babble and shit and then, like, elevates it to the next level with, like, just this stellar visual presentation. Yeah, I mean, they're, make, they're making numbers iconic. Like, like the five-minute timer when the plug goes Yeah, on. Everybody, yeah. Everybody knows what that is. Or, or the sound-only thing that we talked about, you know, and we'll totally. see later. It, right, uh, right. It, it, you just I, see, I, I, and I, all those are word, like, words and numbers, right? But, like, you instantly recognize them and know what they are, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like I, I got, I got to say, Jell, if you're listening to that fucking platinum collection thing, I hope somewhere in the, one of those episodes they they bring on fucking whoever did the UI design for Evangelion because I'd be very I'll curious keep, to, keep an eye out. Yeah, to hear an what eye they out. have to say. But, uh, but yeah, so kind of no gap in between episode five and six. Uh, we pick right back off up, uh, and you know, episode six. <laughs> this is it is a two parter because this is Ray two. And then the Japanese title being Decisive yeah. Battle in Tokyo 3. Um, I did want to mention, mention from the notes, and I think we all immediately recognize this. Uh, Ano loves using captions to get that war documentary yes. feel. <laughs> but we, we, saw, we saw some of that in, uh, I think, the first episode they do it, right? And then uh, they do it throughout, I think, a little bit here and there. They're all over the place. Yeah, they specifically I mean, they, they kind of the, know... Uh, Go ahead, G. Oh, I was gonna say, like, yeah, like even uh even like Gunbuster kind of did that a little bit too, right? Like yes. like yes. big text on screen, you know. Buster, you know, yeah. like ultra man made, you know, Whatever black the hole, hole, title black for hole it weapon Buster yeah. Machine number three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, Weird, they almost like they mentioned... directed by the same person. <laughs> yes. They specifically mentioned that yeah. in the in the plat in the in the platinum notes that Ano loves doing this, and this is the first. This is the first time he pulled them back out since you know, aim for the top or gunbuster. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> go figure. Same guy, right? But uh, yeah, we, we do get we do get a lot of that in this episode specifically, though. Um, and so yeah, yeah, we, we pick up uh, right where we left off. Shinji basically dies. <laughs> they, they bring him back. 
they, like his heart stops. Oh, man, that's so, I can't uh, help but like, there's something very funny to me about just like, like it's the most sensible thing to do, but like, just there's something very funny about like the idea of like Shinji and the Ava Unit One fucking deploying to fight this angel, getting blasted the second he sticks his head out, and then just the elevator lowering him down again. <laughs> Right. Like, yeah. Oh, whoops! We totally it, it, fucked up. It's it both serious and it, it, there is kind of a certain layer of comedy to it, right? Like it's so absurd that you know the the again the like the timing of it and everything is just so ridiculous. But um, yeah, I think that's really what does it. So so Shinji basically gets you know they they bring they 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 uh you know they they get his heart going again and but he's obviously unconscious. So he's down for the count at the moment. Apparently LCL fluid can do fucking anything. Yeah. Yep. So that, that's what it's for. Right. Um, so basically magic. Yeah. So, uh, while Shinji's down, they start doing a, a little bit of a recon on the, the <laughs> angel. Oh, this they is determined that, I love this. Scene. So Misato pulls out all kinds of tricks, including my personal favorite, the, the one one scale dummy of uh, unit one that she puts uh, out to just like uh, just... get blasted, um, right? Like to just test the range of uh, the angel and stuff. It's it's like it's I can really I really love it because it's it's like it's a really fucking like dumbass cheap trick, but also like it fucking it makes complete sense in the context of the situation they're in. Right. I mean, we're yeah. we're talking about the angels kind of being almost like a natural force more than like a, you know, a sentient enemy, or at least that's what it seems right now. Yeah. The idea of like, it will just literally shoot anything that gets in, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to make the determination whether this is actually unit one or not. It's just going to, you know, and they, they, I think they, yeah, well, they do that. They shoot, you know, you got to shoot some missiles at it to just to try. Right. And that that obviously doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> I, I just did like that short montage of those just being like, well, until we get Shinji to wake up, let's just throw some fucking tricks at it and see what happens. Yeah. You know, it, so, it felt very like, uh, like weirdly, like, I don't know, a DIY is not the right word, but like, but I guess specifically the use of balloons just kind of reminded me of like the kind of like fun, like, you know, Nerve is this like fucking what multi-billion dollar like organization. I mean, they built a fucking giant robot. They built two giant robots, you know, like. But, like, it kind of reminds me of, like, how, like, in World War Two, right, like, the Americans would use, like, balloon-inflated, like, truck models. Like, they would have, like, a they, they would have balloons that were inflated to look like trucks. Yeah. Like, trucks and planes, so that, like, German scout, like, planes, like, looking from below would think, oh, like, oh, shit, like, they got a, they got like a whole division numbers. of tanks down yeah. there, you know? You know oh, I'm sure that's where like, they... Weird, inspiration for this is coming from yeah but, yeah, yeah. Just, just, just like those kind of like weird low-tech solutions yeah um so with uh, as silly as that look it may look uh, misato does actually successfully determine the range of the, the weapons and they also determine that this thing also has a drill on the bottom <laughs> and uh, yep. Yep. it is uh planning to drill through the geo front um and notably the drill is moving the wrong direction the entire episode oh is that true I, yeah i uh did not even notice that, that. Um, <laughs> and it will be i forget it's screwing up I, I forget how many hours they have but they only have a few hours before it will break through the geo front and attack them so 
they, like, it's like 10 hours or something. Yeah, like less like half a day, basically, right? So they have very little time yeah. to put together a countermeasure. Um, and but uh, Sato has a plan. Um, <laughs> hell yes, it may may only be have an 8.7% success chance. Uh, after running the Honestly, like, like calculation, we, but. yeah, but that considering that the activation rate for unit one was nine zeros, yes, uh, after the decimal, pretty good chance. I mean, I mean, look, I'm gonna say, like, in, in the genre where one percent might as well be a hundred percent, like, yeah, eight point seven percent might as well be eight thousand percent, you know, so like they're they're in a really good place as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I mean, when I play Grand Blue Fantasy, I only have a six percent chance of rolling an SSR, and I have dozens of SSRs, right? So, it's, uh... <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucking six percent bullshit. It's like, so let's not. So I mean, hey, eight point seven percent is a pretty good chance. But uh, the plan is they're gonna get a big ass gun and shoot it in just the right spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Specifically, what a great plan. Specifically, uh, there's a positron experimental positron rifle thing that Masato is going to requisition and turn into a giant sniper rifle that they can fire outside of the effective range yeah. of uh of the of the angel now that they've determined the range. And if they can pinpoint that shot right in the right spot, it'll go right through the AT field and kill it, right? Sounds like a great plan. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um uh yeah, so so uh, we we kind of uh, get a, they have to power it, right? Yes, so. we we kind of get the great montage of them like assembling the parts, and then there's the question of, well, how much we we need you know X amount of energy to to pierce this thing, and where are we going to get all the power from? And uh, you know, Masato's answer is, we're just going to use all of Japan. Hell, <laughs> uh, yeah, as you do. I just this whole episode is one of the coolest episodes I think of the, the series. And I feel like just the, it, it feels very Gynax. And if you, if you've watched enough Gynax, you know exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. I, um, that, that, but, but that's the kind of, I, <laughs> that's the kind of ridiculous idea that they have not only that they not only will think of, but have the audacity to, you know, try of, you know, well, let's, Make this giant I, cable that takes all the power from Japan and put it into a gun. Yeah, I, I, uh, I really loved this uh, this uh, um, episode in general, but I really loved this specific scene. You know, the 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 titular Operation Yashima. You know, the uh, yeah. uh, this like, you know, the, just, just like this idea of like, you know, just uh, uh, we're just gonna take all the power from every town, every city in Japan, and we're going to hook it up to this gun to shoot the fuck out of this monster. <laughs> and I think in a lot of ways, like what this does and like, you know, you know, to kind of like, you know, tie this to like, you know, older mecha anime is like, you know, at its core, like this scene, like the whole crew getting together to let the robot do the one cool thing it needs to do to save the day. You know, it, it kind of ties into, like, the classic mecha trope of, like, you know, I guess the way I would put it is, like, you know, it takes a village to raise a giant robot. Right. You know, it, it it's, it, it, it's, it, it is, of course, a singular figure piloted, like, a, usually by a singular individual, but, like, 
it, it, it is always, you know, multiple people running back and forth, you know, you know, whether it's, you know, the stern captain, you know, it, it, at the ship or like, you know, the bridge bunnies, you know, typing out the techno babble or like the gruff tech guy, you know, down by the hangar saying, ah, oh, we'll get it done in time. I, you know, I, I guarantee it or blah, blah, blah. The generators running all green, all that stuff, you know, like all that stuff that is like, you know, like, you know, just Techn- technical detail and just like fun like montage stuff and like like a lot of mecha anime have done that stuff but the thing i love about evangelion and especially the thing it does here right is like it's like you said gel it, it, it just audaciously takes it to the next scale like it's no longer just like oh some dudes in the hangar and some people on the bridge like typing stuff out no it's like we're gonna mobilize the entire country right. and like you know, you don't need to see every single scene. You don't need to see every single like negotiation, but like you can feel like this, this feeling of like, just like, oh shit! Like the government said, we gotta like hook these cables up to our local town generator, and we gotta lead the cable all the way onto the freeway next to the fucking hundreds of other power cables <laughs> that are on the freeway, all leading to Tokyo Three, and it just really does this great job of evoking the sense of like this is a massive undertaking, you know, and it, 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 it is, it takes like so many people to, 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 to just, to just create the situation that lets the robot do the cool thing. Yeah. And I feel like when I say this yeah. feels very, <laughs> like nobody does that sense of scale better than them. Right. Like whether it's here or like in their, their works. Exactly, after yeah. This. You know, we, well, we mentioned Gunbuster previous, but, you know, later on when we see, you know, like stuff and how things escalate in like Die Buster or Gurren Lagon being, you know, the, the biggest of all escalations, um, you know, that that sense of scale and like, you just don't get that. No, Nobody else does that quite the way they yeah. do. Uh, I mean, but, uh, and, and I think it's like, and, and I think it's like a, a thing of like Gynax, you know, like that sensibility is like, it always feels like they earned their scale, if that makes sense. You know, like, there are other, you know, there are other shows, there are other mecha shows that go, you know, as big a scale, but, like, you know, to fucking, you know, bring up, like, for example, you know, fucking, was it 2018? Was it 2017? Fucking, I don't care anymore. You know, fuck, to bring up fucking uh, Darling in the Franks, right? <laughs> like, that's another mecha anime that, kind of went to the same scale, right? Like, oh, these, like, planet-sized robots. But, like, it never feels earned, right? It never feels like they earned the right to get a robot right. that big. Like, it does right. not feel like the human cost was there. Like, I think right. the thing that Evangelion does really well with, uh, or, you know, I mean, Gynex as a whole, but I think specifically here with this episode, is, like, when I say human cost, I don't mean, like, human lives are sacrificed. I mean, it took thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people in Japan, like, 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 coordinating to to allow Unit One to do this one fucking amazingly badass thing it does. Like, yeah, right. it, it feels like Gynex always understands that the human cost is necessary to help us understand like why that scale is important. Right. Yeah, because I mean, uh, one, it's, one it's the, not the same. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Iro. Just saying, like one of the towns in the montage uh of like we're shutting off all the power is just on his hometown 
Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good detail. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, it, this would not have been nearly as cool if it was just like, oh, well, let's get our big sniper rifle, and if we can make the shot, we'll, you know, the the fact that it, it's it's the journey they have to go through to come up with this crazy plan yeah. and execute it, and seeing it executed, that really makes it feel like they earn it, right? But exactly. Um, so yeah. Uh, they get their gun together, they get the plan together, and Masato dubs this, uh, you know, Operation Yashima, which uh, the... I'll read the Platinum Collection notes here. It mentions the... Uh, <laughs> if we're ever curious what Operation Yashima is, it mentions the name Operation Yashima is a reference to when Yoichi Nasuno shoots... Or Nasuno oh, shoots... Yeah, Yoichi. <laughs> Shoots the, shoots a fan with his bow from atop the uh, from atop his horse on the beach in the battle of in the battle of Yashima in the first year of uh, Bunji or uh, year eleven eighty five. Okay, and I, I like how they throw in I mean, here. That's Chief of Operations Katsuragi for you. Quite the intellectual. Um, also, <laughs> also uh, Yashima written differently is also the old name for Japan, and that, thus referencing the fact that they're using all of Japan to power the gun. Sure. So, all right. Clever name, Masato. You know, yeah. we, we talked about, uh, you, you know, we were talking about her, you know, the contrast here, G, of her being a slob, the seemingly being a useless slob at home, but then, you know, when it's time to get the job done, she gets the job She's done. coordinating a lot of shit. Yeah, no, yeah. like, I think it's cool that, like, like, Gendo is, like, not really in this episode at all. Like, despite him being, like, ostensibly the head honcho leader, like... He just shows up to like approve Misato's plan, and then Misato's the run, the one running the show this entire episode. Right. I think it's a, it's a, it's it's a neat and like, mean, notable detail. Gendo doesn't. It's just like uh, you know, I can sympathize as the plight of the middle manager here. The the people at the top you don't <laughs> do much; they just make the decisions, and it's uh, it's uh, it's the middle management that that's actually working out the logistics and getting stuff done. Takes, and that's uh, yeah. It, it takes know. the young Wen Lees of the world. To uh, actually, also, uh, in reference to Operation Yashima, uh, several years ago when there was the like big Fukushima disaster uh, and rolling blackouts were required uh, across the area. People started calling Operation Yashima. <laughs> sure. Oh, when the actual like I guess it kind of speaks to the whole like yeah their their power conservation plan for Japan was. You know, unofficially huh. dubbed Operation Yashima. I guess that kind of speaks to how culturally ingrained this uh, yes this episode yeah. is. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, Evangelion's such a huge deal over there, right? That I mean, but, right, uh, right. But I mean, even specifically the phrasing Operation Yashima, like that, that very much speaks to like because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, sure, right. anybody can say Ray or Shinji or Unit One, but if you're specifically right, referencing like. Episode you know, six, <laughs> yeah. episode six of a TV show that aired, you know, twenty right. years ago. <laughs> had, had I not just watched this, you know, last week, I would not have remembered what Operation Yashima was. But um, yeah, so uh, everything's in place, and uh, I like speaking of the UI here. G, I liked uh, to show Shinji waked up. They show like uh, the the monitors or whatever on his. Uh, you know, whatever, how alive he is, if you will. <laughs> and, and, and like, as soon as <laughs> it HP creeps and like, MP. yes, as soon as it creeps like slightly above conscious, they're like, get Shinji up. <laughs> I wake him up. 
Yeah. Um, hey, man, so he, look, he, they don't got they don't got a lot of time to uh, to, to sit around, you know. <laughs> and I, yeah. So he wakes back up in the hospital again, kind of the same lighting as before, too. I thought that was interesting, but also interesting. I thought they chose to send Ray to get him. Uh, I'm wondering if they are catching on that that's the best way to keep him on the hook or whatever. <laughs> but uh, uh hmm. yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think Nerve is resourceful. First, they tried with Misato and despite her womanly charms, it wasn't really working. And they realized, oh, actually, we know what Shinji's taste is. Let's throw the girl at him. <laughs> so. Right. So sure. they send Ray. I mean, in fairness, everyone else is also busy. <laughs> Fair enough. True, true like, yeah, enough. Right. It's not like, uh, like Masato can just like leave the, you know, the command center to go wake Shinji up or whatever. But um, so, you know, Ray and Shinji get ready to suit up. For the operation, um, kind of bringing, I guess, everything full circle for you know Ray's introductory arc here. Shinji does ask her, you know, why, why are you agreeing to you know to do this? You know, why are you piloting the Evangelion? Because that's obviously a question he's trying to figure out himself. And uh, she says something to the effect of, you know, she does it because she's, you know, she's bound. She's bound to all people, but ultimately that she has nothing else. Um, which <laughs> setting up her dramatic moment at the end of the episode, but uh, just I guess something to you know bring bring yeah. that thematic arc full circle with you know what we learning who Ray is and kind of I guess contrasting that with Shinji who's still trying to figure out what in the world he's doing here. But um, so yeah, then it's uh time to shoot the thing with a big gun. <laughs> Yeah. Hell yeah! Sounds good. They, uh, they, they, they. The plan's drawn up. They're gonna. I think. What is it? Like at midnight, they're gonna. They're gonna carry out the operation. Unit one's gonna be the gunner. I hate to be that guy. I do have to wonder why they actually need the tr- trigger to be physically pulled by a giant robot. But nevertheless, it looks very cool. So who cares? Because it's cooler. <laughs> Prototype, so, so, you know. So he uh, and I love the shots they show now. That the guns assembled of just how big it is yeah the gun is so big uh and 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 uh, i you love know, that you know one has to fire it prone like a sniper right and um yes and, i do uh, like right before this there's there's a bit of the classmates having not gone to the shelter hanging out at the top of the school so i can cheer shinji on <laughs> yes yeah, so i actually get the seat they actually catch a glimpse of the the, the evangelians launching right um and, uh, you know, Ray's role in Unit Zero is to play defense. And so they just find a big blast shield from a spaceship or something. <laughs> yes, I, I love this he part. Pulled like, the, like, heat shielding off of a space shuttle. Right. Made just, a like, shield. Treated for cosmic radiation. And it's like, I, I love that because it very much kind of ties into this idea of like, oh, like, no, we don't have time to, like, fucking build you a shield. Like, right here like like hold this up and make sure like shinji doesn't get melted while he shoots yeah yeah it's really it's really cool and just plays up to the whole like we got to make do with uh, what we got here in the time that we have yes so this is the the biggest hardest shield we can get in eight hours <laughs> so ray exactly ray you're gonna hold this thing up and so uh you know the operation goes down um you know for 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 the extra drama Shinji misses the first shot or, or actually it's, it's not even that he misses, 
but like the angel like counter fires and we get you know some dragon ball z fireball things flying all over the place yeah but, and well, I, I think i was even cooler than that it's like the energy you know, yeah, is like, like so much like the, the warp space like, or something right they're like kind yeah, of yeah like they warp around each other they deflect each it's, other or something, it's super right? neat and uh yeah. so <laughs> And he's got a, I love, I love it's like a bolt action uh, <laughs> reload. Yes, yeah, it's got to reload the fuse on the it's rifle. Like it's foot long fuse that's got to get popped out. Oh, it's movement. so good. Um, yeah, this is very. This is the sequence is very wave motion gun from Space Battleship Yamato. Yeah, like, totally. Extremely like the the long charge up sequence and everything. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, totally. I mean, like. You see that's the kind like, of bar fill up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's it's kind of like it's kind of like you know that's kind of thing, right? Like that's that's what I love, right? Is like in like Space Battleship Yamato, right? Like firing the 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 wave motion gun was like a that's like a you know that's a solid chunk of that episode sometimes, right? It's like oh like you know the pilots got to be out there to defend the Yamato and the bridge crew got to get the gotta get the calculations right and like the guys down to the engine room gotta make sure like you know it can power up and all that shit and like and you get you get like three different things going kunk 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 before it yes, fires totally and it's like it's it's kind of the same thing of like it is this big group effort and i i think that's kind of what i love about you know this in the end is like yeah shinji's the one who pulls the trigger but like it took uh it took half a day and the whole country to uh, to pull this off, right? And even Ray needs to jump in for further dramatic uh, flair, as the uh, the angel can reload faster than he can. So uh, she <laughs> has to uh, jump in and block the shot uh, while uh, while Shinji while the gun uh, locks back on again. But of course, you know he makes the shot, um, and then. Again, bringing it full circle, we we get the the parallel shot of uh, you know Shinji rushing to open up the capsule to get Paul Ray out, um, much like his father did. Kind of they 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 make very specific shot direct mirror, yeah yeah they make very spe- specific directorial choices there with to mirror the shots, and uh, he he he's he 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 gives gives the whole you know don't ever say you have nothing whatever speech. Uh, and yeah uh-huh. actually gets her to smile sort of it's a little weird but yeah um <laughs> and that's uh that does it for the for episode six and kind of the introductory arc for ray and uh for uh the episodes we're going to talk about i did want to mention because i don't think we've mentioned it yet um and the, the platinum notes chose to bring this up here as well the the ending song, which is uh, "Fly Me to the Moon," which is not obviously an original song mm-hmm. for the series. That's a kind of a classic old standard song, uh, probably most famously sung by Frank Sinatra, um, but by other yeah. singers as well, um, like the ending of Bayonetta, for example. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, yeah, so so they actually do end up rotating the singers for it, uh, kind of based on some of the arcs. So since this was Ray's arc. Uh, Ray's voice actress uh, uh, Megumi uh, Hayashibara sings the sings the Fly Me to the Moon for these episodes, and they'll they'll do that throughout the, you know, as a fun fact, they'll do that throughout the series for different arcs depending on what's going on. So yeah, I, speaking I of the moon, that, like there's a lot of 
shots this episode that like conflate Ray with the moon or connect the two symbolically. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. I hadn't really thought I mean, about she's that. Standing in front of it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I just figured that's like you know that's just like good like shot framing, but right. That I mean, like there's, there's some. <laughs> I mean, spo- spoilers for upcoming episodes, but like there's some stuff with Asuka and the sun also. Sure, I mean that. <laughs> One has I, I, hair I, I, and one has I, red I, hair. It's, I think, uh, yeah, yeah. I think we know who Oscar. Yeah, I think yes, I think in 2019 possible. I think in 2019 is impossible yes. to not know who Oscar is in like anime. So yes. I don't think that's a spoiler. Yes. But uh, yeah, and uh, I I very much episode six kind of kicks off one of my favorite stretches of the series uh, over the next couple episodes. So. I am really looking forward to the uh, the next block. Um, so we'll be doing, yeah, we'll be we'll be checking it out on the next episode. So, um, all right, uh, you guys have any final thoughts? G, do you want to update your thesis at all? Uh, anything you want to add? <laughs> uh, no, I not particularly. I think uh, I think I think for the most part, my thesis is holding up pretty well so far. Like. You know, at its core, like Evangelion, at least here in these early stages, in these first six episodes, is at its core, it is a mecha anime. It is doing the things mecha anime does. You know, I've I've kind of brought up like relevant like examples of stuff that Evangelion is likely drawing from. And, you know, but I think like, you know, that is not to take away from the things it does legitimately very well, which is, very, you know, like mm-hmm. it's it's pacing and it's uh, visual presentation and the scale of like its execution and, and you know in, in general just the the its ability to pull off everything it's tried to do so far you know i you know the, the way i come down on it is like you know if evangelion really was just 26 episodes of episode 4 then like you know right <laughs> I, uh, I i would have some more concerns what i was like, what i was going to say an addendum to that is like I'm, yeah. in- I'm interested to get into the like middle section of the show because yeah. I feel like a lot of Ava's reputation is built on the very start and very end. Yes, you yes, know when I, like I, there is like twelve episodes of kind of just normal stuff in right. the center. Sure, I mean I think it probably speaks to like what I've absorbed through cultural osmosis, like. I'm basically familiar with, like, the first six and, like, the last, like, three or four episodes of Evangelion. But, like, the middle is actually, for me, also maybe the most exciting because it is actually the stuff I know the least about. Mm-hmm. Right. Just because, like, it, nobody talks about it, which kind of yeah. has me excited. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> like, oh, like, the, like... Gee, you did see the movies, sorry, right? You did see the movies, right? Uh, the first one. I have okay. watched Rebuild 1. Okay. I never got around to Rebuild 2. Because I think I think, and the way Rebuild Three went, I'm not sure I want to watch the Rebuild movies anymore. But you know, <laughs> yeah, I haven't I haven't watched well, them yeah. before. I understand at this point the movies are going to start wildly diverging from. Uh, if you, <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's certainly what I've heard. Yes, uh, you know? the divergence starts like at the start of two, basically. Oh, okay. <laughs> to, like yeah, a major I, divergence. I thought, I thought it made it up to like the the. The uh, the fifth angel thing for some reason, but maybe I would, I, I didn't watch it. So. 
I will uh, say, rebuild, like, rebuild one does end with the same around the same place as episode six, yeah. of the TV show. Uh, I know we're not going to get into rebuild much during these podcasts, but I will say, uh, the the fun part about the divergence is when Shinji is listening to his S dat, and it goes because normally normally in the show it's always swapping between like twenty five twenty six or whatever. Uh, but right before everything gets off the rails, it switches to twenty seven, and he's like, "What? What's going on? That's weird." Oh, huh. when it starts, when it starts <laughs> changing to the you know, yeah. alternate dimension Evangelion. Uh, yeah, yeah. Huh. That's All pretty, right. pretty All right. Ira, did you have any uh, general th- thoughts how you, on how you're feeling so far uh, on the rewatch? Is, uh, I think we uh, covered most of it. Uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm noticing things I probably wouldn't have noticed before. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm remembering things like a lot of the cool stuff that happens in episode six, like some of the details, for example, that like, I remember generally what happened, but like, right. So be like, Oh yeah, like, that was, they use that big yeah. dumb balloon thing. And yeah. Like, <laughs> so, that, that's right. so I think I just have better media literacy now than I did when I first watched the show. If that makes sense. Like I'm noticing more, more subtle things that are being done. Right. Yeah, yeah, we've we've sharpened our critical eyes more probably since uh, <laughs> the last time uh-huh. we watched it. But um, yeah, and again, I mean, just I feel like with with Shinji in particular, I feel like my opinion has softened and changed a lot since the last time I watched it too. <laughs> I, feel, I just feel much more. I just feel more bad for him now than I did the first time going <laughs> through, <laughs> uh, especially like. And just like watching through episode four, just much more sympathetic. Because I do remember watching that and being kind of like annoyed and frustrated with him. And then right. yeah, I, don't, I don't really feel that way now. So I think that's kind of carrying over still. And I'm sure will as we get into those types of when we cover those areas in this, of the story. But um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, we kept it relatively decent time this time. I guess. Yeah, it's about it. I'd say, I'd say this about this. I'd say, you know, as somebody who does a podcast, uh, you know, recapping a TV show, an OVA, uh, three episodes a piece. I'd say uh, an hour thirty is uh, that's about is is not a bad time to shoot for. You could, uh, yep, you could, could just watch them. That's fine. Queue up episode four, have that on a one screen, and then you know, put us on in your other ear. <laughs> And uh, you know we'll we'll accompany you on on the on the watch uh, while you're watching. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear! All right, so uh, that'll do it for this episode. Then let's just do our housekeeping. You can uh, read all of our content on uh, the Glorio blog at thegloriablog.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at thegloriablog. Uh, you can check out all of our podcasts, including the Glorio Chat, where we talk about current anime and now i guess anime news i guess we do that now and uh also uh check out g and iroh uh their podcast the legend of the glorio heroes where they talk about um the i never have the tagline they talk about legend of the galactic heroes it's a good show go check that out we do (laughs) Um, you can uh yeah so check out the podcast on most podcast places itunes google play spotify uh, we're also on Podbean, and uh, we post the videos for them on YouTube. You, know, you can like, comment, subscribe, um, tell your friends, tell your enemies. And uh, 
I think there's one more thing we have to do here. Next time on Neon Genesis Evangelio, we'll talk about Episode 7, A Human Work. Episode 8, Asuka Strikes or Asuka Arrives in Japan. Episode 9, Both of You Dance Like You Want to Win or Moment and Heart Together. And maybe we'll give you a little fan service. See you next time.